0: My name is David Brockman, by the way. Um, and uh, man, I'm like I'm super glad to be here. I was trying to figure out why Drew would ask me to teach when there's so many capable people here, and uh, I figured it was because he liked the price, right? Like I'm free, so I'm really surprised that you guys are here. But it makes me real happy. Thank you guys for being here. Man, I I think about Drew, um, and uh, like just a little. I got no idea where I'm going. Just so you know, I got some stuff on paper, but it's it's been a kind of a crazy morning. Um but I was thinking about Drew this morning and I was thinking about the fact that like like Drew is literally one of the first people like I've been in church my entire life. I've been um like I've gone to Sunday school and then we were actually at a church where we were both doing a bunch of leadership type stuff and we were Leading junior high small groups, and we were teaching Sunday school, and we were doing all these things. Um, but man, one of my first first memories of Drew was um, when he lived in Lawton. Guys, like he lived in a little apartment. You talk about a little apartment, right? Like this apartment, dude. Like it was smaller than what our bedrooms are now. Like I'm not. This is not an exaggeration. He lived in this apartment above a garage that, like. It was smaller than my master bedroom. And I don't live in a big house, okay? It was ridiculous, this place that, that he was living. But one of my first memories of, of being friends with Drew was we were sitting on the living room floor in, in like the middle of this ridiculously small apartment. And like before we had any idea or any language for it or before we knew what we were doing, like, like we were studying the Word together. And it's one of the first times, Drew, that I remember like digging into the Word with somebody, like outside of a church building, like outside of a Sunday morning, like outside of somewhere where we should have been doing it, right? Like we should have been eating chips and watching football, but like we, we, like, we were getting into the Word together. And I still remember, do you remember? Do you remember what we were talking about? What was it? Faith, right? And it was the Word that says, like a man who, um, like faith without actions is dead, right? And I remember sitting there pondering, what it means to have a dead faith, and I don't remember like the Lord gave me an illustration that I've used over and over since then, right? And, we, and like, the Lord's blowing my mind, and like I'm jumping up and down in his in his in his living room, and I'm like, dude, it's like it's like if you have faith that's dead, it's actually worse than not having any faith, right? Because imagine if you had a dog, and you're like, dude, check out my dog, and you're like petting this dog, and the dog's jumping on you. It's cool that you have a dog, right? But as soon as that dog dies, imagine if you're still like. Hey, dude, let me show you my dog. Right? People come here like, why do you have a dead dog? It's like, dude, I got a dog. It's like, yeah, but it's dead. Yeah, but I have it. Look, dude, I'm gonna walk my dog, right? But it, you're just dragging around death. And I remember, dude, it was one of the first times that the, like, like I looked back on that because it was one of the first times the Lord taught me something significant: that my faith without any action is worse. Than no faith at all because nobody wants to see it, right? I'm drag and and to me now it's just dead weight that I'm carrying around, right? Anyway, fun background story about me and Drew. Uh, I love you, dude, man. So so as we're as we're here this morning, um, man, I'll be real honest with you, like like the word that that the Lord gave me to share with you guys this morning. Man, as this place is like like fired up and and like like words from the Lord and prophetic words and all these things are playing out. Um, and like we're like we're challenging people to roar and like like to let this these things that are inside of you come out. Man, I'll be real honest with you, the whole time I'm sitting there going, like, did I completely miss this? Because that is not like the word that the Lord gave me for this morning, right? And as I'm sitting there going, like <laughs> How do we go from way up here? And dude, like I'm fixing to bring it way down here. This isn't going to be fun, right? Um, but man, like like what's so cool is the answers are always in the Word, right? And I was reminded of the Word where it talks about like what a, what an orderly service looks like and how things are supposed to operate within the body of Christ. And I found 1 Corinthians 14.29. It says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said, Right? And the fact is, like, there's been, like, I'm literally sitting there going, Eddie, just freaking finish and we'll go home, dude. Like, I don't need to get up, right? Like, there's people that, that have the word in them. And there's been two or three of them that are shared this morning. Every time Jamie Killingsworth gets on a mic, like, she's a prophet that is sharing the word with you guys, right? Whether she's leading worship or teaching or whatever that plays, whatever that looks like. So let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. It says, "If a revelation is made to another sitting there, then let the first be silent." This is for you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, right? And that's what kind of kind of I've read this a hundred times, but it's what kind of landed on me this morning is it says, "All can prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all be encouraged," right? And so I'm 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 thinking through that going, man, some of you this morning, like you have already been encouraged by the word, right? Some of you walked in here and you were you were you were frustrated or you were tired or maybe you were just having a down week and like somebody gets up and goes, man, you just need to press through that. And you go, heck yeah, I do. And like you begin to worship and like you've already been encouraged by the word, right? But man, in a group this size, like I guarantee you, there's somebody here who hasn't been. Right? There's somebody here who is is going. Heck no, dude. I got no roar in me, right? Yes, I love Jesus, right? But I got nothing to give away this morning. Man, you were talking about um like how sweet it is to be in the present in the presence of Jesus, right? There's nothing better. Like you were just ad-libbing at the end of a song, but I'm going, man, you're right. Like there's absolutely nothing better than being in the presence of Jesus. It's the sweetest place that we're ever gonna find ourselves. And when we're there, like everything is great right there's nothing sweeter than that but like then the fact is like we walk out of this door and life happens right and the fact is sometimes life sucks and the fact is sometimes life beats us up and the fact is sometimes life is heavy and hard and frustrating right and then you walk in here and man if you're not careful then you start to believe a lie that first of all like the first lie is you're the only one right the first lie is you're the only one that feels that way. You're the only one that's wearing that weight or that burden, or you're the only one that's not not okay when you come here. And like, first of all, let me be the first to tell you, like it's just not true, right? Because we're about to dig into this word and we're about to talk about what this word weary means. And I'm telling you today, like like I am weary, right? And you guys have have been practicing with this rhythm of of, of ministry and like a rest and a work season, Right? And and where we're at right now is we are right at the end of our work season. And I'm telling you, I left, I left my in-laws house today going three hours from now, like I get to go into rest season. This is the last thing I gotta do. Right? And then I get to take a break for a minute. And all this week I'm telling you, I called Drew, I told Drew, I said, I'm trying to beg out of this. I really don't want to do this today, right? Because I'm tired and I'm done with my D group and I'm ready for rest season because I'm weary. Right. Then it's so cool because like there's no sweeter place than like sitting with the Lord, right? So I asked Drew where he was stopping. Because he gave me, he said, dude, you can preach anything you want. And I said, Well, what are you doing? He said, We're going verse by verse through John. And I said, Tell me where you stop. I'm going to pick up where you stop. Okay? So he texted me Thursday of last week, Friday, something like that. He says, Hey, I'm stopping at John 4, probably the first one or two verses. And so I go read those next two verses, and I go like, how good is the Lord to me? Right? Because He met me right where we're at. Not because I went and chased it down, not because it's it's something that I wanted to give away, but because I opened the Word, and the next place that this body is supposed to be is right where I'm supposed to be, right? And I begin to change my mind and get excited about getting to teach you guys the thing the Lord has taught me. So that's the only goal this morning. Did I listen to Drew's teach last week? Y'all got a, Y'all got a preacher on your hands. I think you guys know that, right? And then Will, right? Say Wes, Wes. Like, I didn't know, dude. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I've known Eddie as an acquaintance for a while. Eddie, I didn't know you had it like that, bro. Right? I don't know that I've ever heard you on a microphone before. And Eddie gets up there and like, like, the word just starts rolling out of him. The spirit's rolling out of him. Going, who the heck is this guy? I thought you were just the class clown, right? I thought you were just the, just the media guy, dude. But. You give Eddie a mic in the word, and like stuff starts rolling out of that guy, right? Um. So my goal is just to like like Matthew twenty eight says to teach others the things the Lord have taught has taught you, right? And my goal today is not to be a great pe- preacher or a great speaker. It's just to hopefully teach you the thing the Lord taught me this week. You guys cool with that? So let's get in the word. We're going to be in John four. We're going to start with verses one through six. so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And guys, like I'm I'm being as OHV with you as I know how to be. Like I'm reading that, and at first I'm literally going, what the heck is there? He's just talking about places Jesus is going. What am I I'm going, Lord, what am I supposed to do with that? But man, then I like that I read this word. It says, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour. So like, like here's what's cool is if you guys, some of you guys, I know a bunch of you guys have been taught how to eat the Word. And man, as I'm sitting with the Lord and I'm going, okay, Lord, like, like what does it actually mean to be wearied, right? Like this is what it means. It says it's exhausting labor, it says labor until worn out, depleted, or exhausted with toil or burdens or grief. Right? So wearied literally means exhausted labor. And what's cool is like in the definition of the word, like it covers everything. He's going, if you're exhausted because you're working too hard, because you're toiling, right? If you're exhausted because you're burdened with how the heck am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to make these ends meet? How am I going to do this next thing? Or even good, like the Lord's telling me to do this, but I don't know, right? And and then like, and the last one is grief. Like there's lots of things that can cause us to become wearied, right? But in the story, like let's ask the question, so what has caused Jesus to become wearied, right? Right? Like it says it right in the word, it's black and white. This isn't me telling you Jesus got tired, right? This is John telling us, like, Jesus was wearied in this moment. And the question is, like, what caused it? Why was Jesus weird? This back and forth. Raise your hand. Yell out. I don't care. It's right there in your word, huh? Man, his journey, right? And what was he doing on his journey? Huh? Dude, like he was doing ministry. He was giving his life away. Like he was doing all the cool things that we read about in the Bible and go, man, look all these cool things Jesus did. Like he was traveling from place to place. He was setting people free. He was casting out demons. Like he was doing all these amazing things that we know that Jesus did, right? I mean, like I'm telling you, it doesn't sound like a ton of hope, but like there's so much hope for me when I read that like as Jesus was doing these things, he got tired, Right? Sometimes I get tired. And sometimes I get frustrated. And sometimes I'm giving my life away to these men that I'm discipling. And sometimes they disappoint me. And sometimes they hurt me. And sometimes they cut me in ways that you can't imagine. And sometimes you, like, you're like OHV with these people and then they use those things, they throw them right back in your face and they're trying to tear you down. And I'm going, like, I am tired, right? But you know what's also true? Like, we, we define a disciple as someone who eats His Word, walks in His ways, and does His works, right? And I'm here to encourage you that like, we love to walk in the ways of Jesus and do His works when people are getting healed. We love to walk in the ways of Jesus when people are getting well. We love to walk in the ways of Jesus when we're winning, right? But I'm here to encourage you that you are just as much walking in the ways of Jesus When you are weary, you are just as much walking in the ways of Jesus when people walk away from you because you've given them something hard. Because we see that in the Word where they looked at Jesus and said, whoa, 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 this is a hard teaching. Who can do this? And it says many of them walked away that day, right? And then Jesus looked at his 12. He looked at the disciples and went, what about you? You guys going to leave too? Right? Like I'm telling you, like you are walking in the ways of Jesus just as much when People are attacking you and persecuting you and hurting you and letting you down. Can you imagine walking with Peter, guys? Like, he's a hero of the faith. That dude was an idiot, right? Like, that dude was dumb. And then you're like, you want to keep chasing that down. Like in the word in Acts, it talks about, like the, the religious leaders, they called the disciples in front of them. They were asking them questions, right? And it says it says that they they made an, an observation that these men were common, uneducated men who had been with Jesus, okay? You know what the word common means when you chase it down, when you eat that word? You know what it means? You know what it means? Dude, it says idioti. It's the word we get idiot. I'm not making this up. Like, it's right there. (coughs) They literally looked at these guys who had been called by Jesus, who had been walking, who had been there at 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 the crucifixion these men were standing in front of these religious leaders, and the only thing they could say about him is they are idiots. But they've been with Jesus, and I'm here to tell you that is the like I see myself in that word more than any other word in the entire Bible. And I'm not just saying that. Like, you know how much freedom there is for me to look at that and go, dude, this is me, and it's okay, right? Like I'm a common man. I am, <laughs> I am dumb. Okay, I promise you. But I sit with Jesus, and he teaches me stuff. And then he lets me teach other people that stuff. And then I get to play in like these people getting well and these people getting free, right? But along the way, he gets weary. So, like, journey. Man, another piece of this, like, this starts out with Jesus learning that the Pharisees are talking smack about him, right? Like, another thing that causes us to be weary is finding out people are talking about you, right? So the question is, what is causing you to become weary, right? That's even heavier in this moment where if you're in here and like, like the Lord is, is rocking this place and you're sitting back going, man, I got nothing, right? And you don't have to tell me, but man, I would encourage you, if you're taking notes, if you got your phone out, if you, like write it down. Like what is the thing that's causing you to become weary, right? Toil, burden, grief, what's the thing? And man, as I'm sitting in this, like, here's what's cool: is the best, the best proof text that we have for the word is the word, right? And this is where the Lord begins to connect some super cool dots for me and continues to like, like, help me find freedom, because as I'm reading this and I'm going, man, what good news is it that Jesus was wearied? Because I'm weary, right? That I'm reminded of more word, and I'm reminded of Hebrews four, verse fifteen and sixteen. It says, "For we do not have a high priest." who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet is without sin. Another cool thing. Jamie said this this morning. It says, then, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Right? like Like he's going, it's good news that you have a high priest who can sympathize with you. But here's what's important, right? We think we know what that means. I should have given Eddie slides, I'm sorry. Because my writing is impossible to read also. But, man, when you, when you read that word sympathize, it means to. I'm all over the place. Is there Kleenexes anywhere handy? I know I'm asking you. Right there, Garrett, right there. I'm trying to play it cool, but my nose, dude, Arkansas has been messing with me since we got here, just so you know. My eyes, like I thought I had pink eye Friday night. And it was just my allergies; they were like trying to murder me. So, what? Listen, what else are you gonna do, right? If you've ever had a mic in your hand, you can try to play it cool. You can try to act but like everybody's gonna see you wipe your nose. Sorry, guys. Put it right there because I'm gonna need it again. I'm telling you, man. So, like, like the word says that he's able to sympathize, right? And sympathize, it says to be affected. With the same feeling as another, to feel for or to have compassion on. Now, what good news is that to know that, like, like, like Jesus is affected with the same feelings you have. Like, he's not—he's not a god who just put this thing in place and then said, "Hey, good luck," right? Like the word tells us that he can sympathize. He's affected with the same feeling as another. It says that He feels for. And it says that He has compassion. And that's good news, right? Like it's good news for me to realize that like, like the one that I serve, the one that I worship, the one that I give my life to, He understands what I'm going through, right? He's not so distant that He doesn't know who I am. He doesn't see me. He doesn't hear me, and he doesn't look at me and go, "No, friggin' suck it up, you idiot!" Right? Like he looks at me and he goes, "Man, I know what you're going through. I'm gonna meet you right there." Right? Um, and it says he sympathizes in our weakness. And like weakness literally means without strength, suffering, calamity, frailty. Like the Alpha and the Omega, the God, the God of the universe, the one who was and is and is to come, the one who was there at the beginning, the one who John 1 says, like, like in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? The one who was there at the beginning, like, like He identifies with me in my frailty, right? And I'm telling you, as men, those things aren't, sometimes they're not as, as, as impactful to us because we don't want to admit that we're frail we don't want to admit that we're weary and we don't want to admit that we're tired and we don't want to admit that we're frustrated but like like I'm here to tell you like Jesus sees you in that right and it's okay and so and like as I'm thinking through this the, the question becomes like how many of us have ever thought like like they just don't get it right you got a boss and I like I'll be OHV with you guys for a second i got a boss and sometimes that guy tries to talk to me about not making very much money and I'm like bro you drive you got like eight trucks you're wearing jewelry that costs more than the truck that I'm driving right like you do not get it <clears throat> when I talk to you about my struggle with paying bills and you try to sympathize with me I just don't get it right so so in that like I know what that's like to have somebody who's in a position of authority and you're looking at them going you don't understand where I'm coming from. Like, I'm not trying to ask for more money to be rich. I'm trying to ask for more money so I can keep feeding my family, right? I'm making $2 more than I was two years ago, but gas costs $3 more a gallon. The heck am I supposed to do, boss? And he's like, oh, no, I get it. I'm like, oh, no, you don't, <laughs> right? So, man, we've had bosses like like our parents. Sometimes we look at our parents and we go, bro, parents just don't understand, right? They don't get it. Um, man, for like, for me sometimes, like it's a cop. You get pulled over and you're like, dude, do you understand why I was speeding? I need to be there and I need to be there fast. You just don't get it. If you got it, you'd let me go, but you don't. So you're going to write me a ticket, right? <coughs> I don't know why she's looking at you. I'll ask later. Stephanie's staring at Drew like there's a story. Ask him. Ma'am. So we've had people in our lives who do not understand. They cannot sympathize with your weakness, right? Um, but Jesus can. And a little bit more real than that, like I've got somebody that I love a lot that I'm trying to figure out how to lay my life down for. And like, like he's, a, he's a veteran, right? And he's been home for like 15 years. But like he's still not super well. And there's times when he looks at me and he goes, dude, you don't understand. And like in those moments, I don't. Right? I don't understand. I cannot sympathize with his weakness in all of the things that he's been through. But I know somebody that can. Right? And like I'm trying to point him to the fact that like, no, I cannot be your Savior, but there's one that can. I cannot make you well, but there's one that can. Like I do not understand, but there's one that does. And like if you learn how to talk to him, he'll meet you in this. Right? So, but as we continue to move on, like John 11 it's the next place that I was reminded of, of like how the words, how the how the Lord sympathizes with me. Um because it's also cool, like I was having a conversation with Drew this week that like like we don't try to preach to felt needs as much anymore. Like we try to just go through the word because when we try to go, oh well they need this or they need that, the fact is like we skip hard things, right? And so we've just started trying to roll verse by verse through the word so that we can't skip the things that we don't want to talk about. Um, and this week is like I'm I'm going. Like I am I am. Wearied. And I'm, like I'm feeling frail at the state of the world that we live in. Um. Like I'm not trying to to be a headline guy, but like. Like when you hear stories about the things that happened in Texas this this past week, and you go, "How do I just go back to work?" right? How do I sit here at my desk and have these headlines come across and I read these things and I go, oh, that sucks. And then I put my phone down and then I just go back to work, right? Um, my wife and I had a conversation about like, I'm driving home from work that day and I told her, I said like, I think we, owe, like, like if we really love people, whether I know them or not, like if I love people, like I think I owe it to them to feel this a little bit, right? Like whether they know I do or not, it may not ever matter. But like I owe it to them to not just ignore the fact like their babies got killed this week, right? And and it's crazy because the Lord always meets me in these things because sometimes I don't need to know that there's an answer. I just need to know that you understand. Like so, even in fights with my wife, sometimes I'm going, I know, I think I'm wrong, even right. I'm even, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. But I need you to understand where I'm coming from. I need you to understand why I was wrong. Um, like, those things matter to me. So sometimes it's not about like asking Jesus a question and getting an answer, but sometimes there's a ton of peace in knowing that Jesus understands, right? And as I'm thinking through this idea of Jesus being with me and sympathizing and understanding my weakness, like I'm reminded of another scripture, and it's John 11. And we're just going to read verse 32 through 36. And it says, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw Him. Am I doing that? Class clown, Eddie. And it says, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw Him, it says she fell at His feet, saying to Him, Lord, if You had been here, my brother would not have died. Man, and this is something the Lord wrecked me with a couple years ago. And like, like the fact is we all carry around our own like if you had been here, right? Like if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. If you had been here, that wouldn't have happened. If you had been here earlier, I wouldn't have had to go through this. If you had been here earlier, this person that I love wouldn't have to struggle with this thing, right? Where were you when this happened? Right? But it's cool because the next thing It says, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, it says he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. This is where I want to have just a little bit of discussion. I want to know what you think. It says he was deeply moved and troubled. Okay, When you read that word, that's a story that a lot of us have heard a lot of times. When you read that word and the word says that Jesus was deeply moved, what do you think that means? What do you think that's saying? Huh? Compassion, right? That's a word that I would think of. What else? Heartbroken. Sympathetic. Dude, right? Those are all the words that I thought this meant too. Okay? And then I go eat it. What would you say? Listen, check this out. This is why it's important to eat the Word, and this is why it's important to not just take my word to tell you what the, what the Bible says, but to dig in and to understand what's really being said, right? Because there's a lot of things that we read and we interpret whatever way we want to, but the author is intending to say something when it was written, okay? And when he says, deeply moved, like this blew my mind, because it literally means it means to snort like an angry horse, You guys ever seen a horse snort like when a horse is mad and it's about to come after you and like it's doing that thing with its nose and its lips, like deeply moved. It literally says it's like an angry horse. It says to snort with rage and to be very angry and to be moved with indignation, right? So Jesus is standing there looking at these people and like he is ticked off, right? Why? because the people that he loves are hurting, right? It says he looks at this, this, his friend, and she's weeping. And it says he, he, it says he snorts like an angry horse, right? And then it goes on to say troubled. And this is where troubled means to be affected with great pain or sorrow, to cause inward commotion. Check this out. To take away calmness of mind. man you ever lose your calmness of mind my kids my kids trouble me I'm telling you right but like like i don't want to move past this like he's looking at people that he loves and they're weeping and then this guy who he calls a friend, Lazarus, right? Like that dude is in the grave. He died, right? And when I'm sitting this week going, I'm ticked off and I don't know what to do, right? I am frustrated at all the tension and all the fighting and all the crap and all the things and I'm frustrated that I can't get on Facebook and I'm disappointed with people that I know that love the Lord and the way that they respond to some of these things that I'm like this tension and this turmoil begins to rise up inside of me. And sometimes I just want to like, like snort like an angry horse, right? Like sometimes I'm ticked off at all these things that I see in the world. And there is a ton of peace and hope that comes with going. Like Jesus was too, right? Because here's the thing. Jesus was there at the beginning. This is not the way that it was supposed to be. So Jesus is walking on earth fully man, and his friend is dead, and his other friends are hurting, and he's going, this ticks me off because this was not the plan, right? And so I'm here to tell you that like the things that you see that are broken, you are right, you are correct. It is not how it was supposed to be. Death is not supposed to be a thing. Hurt and pain and tears and kids getting shot in schools, like it's not something that we're supposed to be okay with, but it's something we have to understand is not going to change this side of heaven. It was not supposed to be this way, but we broke it. And I'm telling you, it ticked Jesus off because this world that he created was messed up, right? But like, he knows he's going to fix it, right? So in the short term, he gets to walk over. Like, he knows what's about to happen. Like, he tells Mary, "Lady, did I not tell you that if you believed, you'd see something really cool? Like, he knows what he's about to do, but he still feels all of these things. Because you have a high priest who sympathizes with your weakness, right? And man, I'm telling you, we know what's to come. We've read revelations. We know who wins, right? But it's okay to be weary. It's okay to be troubled. And it's okay to be deeply moved, right? Because you're walking in the ways of Jesus. Jesus. So, now that we see, like through the word, like Jesus knows and understands and sympathizes with us right where we're at. Right? Not only when we're well, not only when we're praising, not only when we're on the vine, not only when we're sitting with him, but like, like, it's why David is one of my favorite people in the Bible because like you read through the Psalms and literally it's like, like one minute David is like, Jesus, you're all I need. God, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And the next thing he's like, God, why have you forsaken me? Where'd you go? Why the heck did you leave me here? Right? We see that play out over and over in the life of David. But the observation is David was super honest with the Lord. Right? He never tried to hide what was going on in him. And like the Word described him as a man after God's own heart because he never put on a face and walked into church and acted like everything was okay when it really wasn't right so what do we do once we realize that like Jesus sympathizes with us like let's go back to John 4 where we started right like the word tells us that Jesus is weary and tired from his toil and his work and his journey, where does he find himself? Where does he go? Like it says, wearied as he was from his journey, he was sitting by the well. Here's what's cool. Jesus knew where to go to find a drink. Right? He's tired and he's thirsty and he knows where to go. And so Jesus finds himself sitting at the well. And John 4.10, here's what's cool. As he's sitting there, he goes, like if you would have known the gift of God and who it was saying to you, give me a drink, it says you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Right? So here's the first picture. Jesus is weary and he goes to a well and he sits down at a well. Right? So if we are people, if we're a body, who eats his word, walks in his ways, and does his works, then what do we do once we realize Jesus sympathizes with us? We do what Jesus did when he got weary. We go to the well, right? Like we just go, go to the well. Well, where's the well? What does that mean? Like later, six verses, four verses later in the same story, Jesus is going, man, if you knew me, you would know that you can come to me and you can ask me and I'll give you living water. I will quench your thirst. I will be enough. I will help heal your weariness, right? Like, I'll, I'll take care of you. And so, like, we see that play out in John 4.10. But then as we're, like, like, thinking through this about other places that I'm reminded of it in the Word, John 7.37, it says, Jesus cried out, if anyone thirsts, come to me and drink, right? And drink, drink says, it says to receive into the soul what serves to refresh, strengthen, and nourish unto life eternal, right? He's going, you come to me and you drink and you receive all the things that I have for you. You receive what's going to nourish you. You receive what's going to sustain you. You receive what's going to keep you going. You receive what's going to keep you putting one foot in front of the other. Like, you come to me. He says, anyone who thirsts, come to me and drink, right? So in John 4.10, we have Jesus looking at a woman and saying, like, just ask me and I'll give it to you, right? And now in John 7, we have Jesus saying, like, just come to me, right? And I'll give it to you. And then in Matthew Matthew 11, 28-30, same story. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Crazy thing in the word. That word labor, labor is the same word as wearied. Don't ask me how that works. I don't speak Greek. I'm just telling you, it's the same word, right? So he says, in Matthew 11, he's saying, come to me. All who are exhausted by labor, exhausted by your journey, exhausted by your ministry, exhausted by the things that you do, exhausted by life, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. And heavy laden, it's like, it says being burdened, but it says it causes someone to be weighted down or overloaded. Like I hold that up to a mirror, right? And I go... I've spent years of my life going, I am labored, I am weighted down, and I am overloaded. And I, like Jesus says, come to me. Like, uh, He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the longer that I did full-time church ministry, the more I went, full crap, Jesus. Your, your yoke is easy and it is not light. This is heavy and it's frustrating and it's hard and I'm tired of it, right? But like, like, then I began to understand that all He wants to me wants from me is to come to him, right? Ask, come to me, come to me. Come it just simply means to come after me. And it says, "I will give you rest. Give you rest means to refresh the soul of anyone. That's what he's offering you today, right? So here's the good news. Like I told you at the very beginning, I'm not a great preacher. I'm not a great speaker. I'm a common idiot who's been with Jesus, right? And I'm telling you, here's what's cool. I cannot refresh your soul. I can't do it. Drew can't do it. Jamie can't do it. Eddie can't do it. There's not a person on this planet who can refresh your soul. It's not my job, right? But like the word, like, like the old saying is like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink right? And I'm here to tell you that like, my mandate is to teach people the things the Lord has taught me. My mandate is to go to the places that Jesus is about to go and prepare a way. My mandate is to lead you to water, right? But I cannot refresh your soul. And here's the other piece. CNN can't refresh your soul. Fox News can't replace your soul. Uh, Drinking, drugs, anything that this world has to offer, it cannot refresh your soul the way that Jesus wants it to be refreshed. It's a band-aid Right? And it holds you over for a minute, but then at some point, like it's not enough anymore, right? There's only one place, there's only one thing where you can find rest for your weariness, and it's Jesus saying, Come to the well of living water and drink. All you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and drink, right? Now, here's what's cool about this I don't care if you're here today and you have no relationship with Jesus, and I don't care if you're here today. And you've been serving Jesus since before I was born. The invitation is the same. The offer is the same. The ask is the same. Like you are not broken when you go to, like like we see again, walking the ways of Jesus. Do you know the word says, like it says that Jesus went as usual to spend time with his Father? Jesus was fully God and still had to set, a t- set apart time during his day to go be with the Lord, right? So who are we to think that we don't need to come to the, to, the, to the well and drink? And here's the, like, dude. And I'm here to tell you too, this is not enough. All the way from the Old Testament through the New Testament, the, the, the picture is daily bread, the picture is daily bread not weekly bread not enough bread to gather it all together and to come sliding into church next week right to come here and i'm going to get a big drink like i'm going to fill my belly up with water and like jesus says i'm the bread of life so i'm going to show up on sunday morning and i'm going to put everything that i can in me right and then i'm not going to get hungry all week and then i'm going to like i'm going to go struggle all week and i'm going to show back up on sunday and i'm going to get fed again right do you understand that is not the that's not the rhythm that we're supposed to live in Like from the very beginning, when God said, I'm going to give you daily manna, he gave him enough for how long? One day, right? And then what happened if they took too much? Like it got rotten. And I'm telling you, that was language for how I used to live my life because I answered altar call after altar call after altar call on Wednesday night, right? And I would show up at youth service and I would weep and I would cry and I would worship and the Lord would wreck me and I'd be like, oh man, I'm so good. And then Thursday I would wake up and be like, oh man, that was pretty good. And then by Friday night, my friends would be like, hey, you want to come hang out with me? And I'm like, dude, that was probably just emotion. I'm not even sure God's real. This sounds like a whole lot more fun to go do what I want to do on Friday night, right? And the, the, like the, it wasn't enough to sustain me because I did not know how to go to the living water and drink on my own, Right? But here's the good news. We can practice. Right? So like, I can't refresh your soul. Nothing this world has to offer can refresh your soul. But Jesus can. And He's here today offering the same thing. Like, come to me and drink. Right? And James 1.22 says this. This says, but be doers of the, weir- of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know what that means? It means to be doers of the word, not hearers only, lying to yourself. It means how many times do we sit in church on Sunday morning and go, man, that's a good message, that's good, that word is good, that's for me. I'm going to do that this week. Stop lying to ourselves. Right? But you know what you can do? Like we can be doers of the word right now. Right? A safe place to practice walking out what the word would say. Right? And so here's the deal. You guys don't know me. I don't know you. I'm just telling you, this is what the word says, and I'm laying it at your feet. Right? What I tell is, Jesus is here. He's saying, Come to me and drink. Right? And so we're going to practice it. And I don't care, man. You guys can can get up and move around. You can turn around in your seats. You can come up here to the altar. I don't care what that looks like. And I told him, I said, it may be five minutes. It may be 15 minutes. I don't, I don't know. Right? But we're going to create a place that if the Lord is pressing on you to learn how to come to him and drink, like this is where we practice. Don't be hearers of the word only be So we're going to sit with the Lord for a few minutes and see what he wants to do, see what he wants to say. I'll come back up and close this. It's uh, it's one of my favorite things about the Lord. It's how He doesn't speak to all of us the same way, right? Like He finds different ways to like to meet us and to speak to us in a way that's like super personal to us. Um, things that like, like sometimes you're like, man, the Lord just told me something, or just 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 confirmed something, or just showed me something. Like, I can't even tell you about it because you won't understand You're going to laugh at me and think I'm weird, right? Like, like I'm telling you that to tell you that like the the Word says, like when you drink living water, it it says living water will begin to flow out of you, right? It says living water will flow out of your heart. And it's cool because one of the coolest ways that the Lord continues to meet me is to like like when I'm well like living water flows out of my eyes like I can't like I weep over the word when I'm well like I'm super super thankful that like like the Lord is, is like he's filling me up right like he's reminding me just come drink it's good news for me. And I, like, I really hope it's good news for you, right? Uh, man, worship team, you guys come come ahead this way. Actually, I don't even know. Do you guys close in worship? You want to do a song? You want to be done? All right. What's okay? You didn't give me There's a yes or no question. You said it's okay. Okay. Uh, man, so as they come, like... Just closing in the fact that there's no hope in me. There's no hope in Drew. There's no hope in people, right? Like Jesus, Jesus understands and he hears you and he sees you. Like he will restore your soul if you let him. Cool? All right, let's worship.